The 12 personnel haters are about to be sick because Billy Napier has finally found out how to make this offense work using it. We're going to talk about that here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants Country NFL 33. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Also, sign up for subtext. Join the Lockdown Gators subtext. The link's in the description below. Basically, you get to have one-on-one texting conversations with me. It's it's 14 days free trial and then 5 bucks per month following that. If you like it, if not, just, just cancel it. But it's also going to have exclusive content coming in there and, and in-game analysis also live happening. But now we're talking about 12 personnel for the Florida Gators because I know the fan base. Oh my, the past couple of weeks, the fan base has just been going nuts with anything that involves there's more defenders in the box. And I know that for a lot of you, 12 personnel means, well, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, but two tight ends means, okay, then the defense is going to put seven or eight men in the box and and they're just going to destroy the Florida Gators offense. Here's the important part to remember. The number of defenders in the box has not been the driving factor behind the offensive struggles. It's been the offensive line play because they're just straight up losing up front. So it doesn't matter how many defenders you have when your offensive line isn't doing their job. Against Vanderbilt, where the Florida Gators scored their most points against a Power 5 opponent, against an FBS opponent really, because the only team they scored more than 38 was was against uh, McNeese State, Florida ran 12 personnel 25 times. Okay? 25 times. Arliss Sportingham, who just had his huge breakout game, he had 99 yards, which we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth in the next segment, but we're finally seeing what his involvement in this offense can do. Arliss had three of his catches for 28 yards and three first downs when operating out of 12 personnel. 12 personnel has been something that we've talked about with Billy Napier pretty much since he got here. We've said, hey, 12 personnel is going to be a pretty important part of this offense or should be a pretty important part of this offense. And and it's going to be fun. And Florida's offense in general hasn't really been fun, hasn't been super effective. But when running 12 personnel, again, Florida ran it 25 times. Montreal Johnson operated out of 12 personnel 25 times. Montreal Johnson had 11 carries, averaged 10 yards on them, okay? Ricky Pearsall had two carries, 11 and a half yards on him, including, I don't know, maybe a little end around touchdown there. Treyon Webb had two carries and averaged eight yards on them, okay? Like, like the run game was working insane out of 12 personnel. I mean, you bring it down to, we'll say, 11 personnel, so only one tight end. Trayon Webb had two carries for 54 yards. 
Montreal Johnson had seven carries for just 26 yards. This offense, the run game specifically, was operating much more effectively when operating out of 12 personnel. I mean, Montreal, I guess, had 11 carries, 109 yards. Ricky Pearsall, two carries, 23 yards. Tryon Webb, two carries, 16 yards. This offense operated very well out of 12 personnel running the football. Throwing the football, there weren't many attempts. Uh, Graham Mertz had eight dropbacks. He got sacked on two of them. He went. He had five completions on six attempts for 35 yards and hmm, two touchdowns. Crazy how 12 personnel finally, finally got going. Like the, the beauty of 12 personnel, when you run it effectively, that's the big part. When you run 12 personnel effectively, it's beautiful because if the defense does want to go heavy in the box and, and they want to match up that way, Okay, put Arles Boardingham in the in the slot. Put Arles Boardingham out wide. If they want to go light and say, hey, we don't respect Arles as a blocker, run the ball. Make them respect it. Like, this all still requires the offensive line to win their battles. But when you're looking at this 12 personnel set that we've been talking about forever and that Billy Napier wants to run and that he's built this team to run, You've added another dimension now that Arliss Boardingham has had his breakout game because a big part of the why the reason why this team wasn't finding a ton of success when operating out of 12 personnel previously was not the heavy box. It was that you had Hayden Hansen and Jonathan Odom or Jonathan Odom and Dante Sanders. We haven't really seen Dante Sanders and Hayden Hansen together. I had Tony Livingston and, and Jonathan Odom. You had a bunch of players that just weren't a good, I guess, overall threat out of 12 personnel. But when you add Arliss Boardingham into the mix, now you have someone who can play slot, who can play tight end, who you can probably put out wide at, at least a little bit. That's not something he's really been asked to do. I mean, even I will say good credit to him is that a lot of his damage last week was was out of the tight end spot. It wasn't even like he was playing as just a glorified slot receiver like Travis Kelsey is like, like he was out there running routes from the tight end spot and he's fine. He's found success that way. If I'm not mistaken, his touchdown, um, what was it? His first touchdown against Charlotte. If I'm not mistaken, he was lined up as a tight end with Hayden Hansen there as well. And also, uh, as far as, Arliss Boardingham running routes here, uh, both of his touchdowns. He, he was the two touchdowns that Graham Mertz threw out of 12 personnel. Arliss had his breakout in a 12 personnel heavy game, and he's been running routes in line, which is not something that you usually see from him or that you were expecting from him, we'll say. But 12 personnel found its footing in this offense. They found out, hey, we can throw the ball to Arliss Boardingham, get tight ends involved, play him as a slot, play him as a, a flex tight end. In fact, on his touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, or his touchdown in the flat, he was lined up in the backfield. If I'm not mistaken, Florida came out with a weak set, so it was Hayden Hansen, the tight end, on the on the line at the right side. It was Graham Mertz out of the pistol. I forgot who the running back was on the play. Uh, probably Montreal, based on just situational. And Arliss Boardingham was to the left of Graham Mertz in the backfield. 
Graham Mertz ran the fake. It was boot slide, so Arliss was the one running into the flat, and he got the check down there. And, and that's 12 personnel. That's using him effectively. That's getting Arliss boarding him in space and letting him make plays. So for his breakout game to happen now, you look at, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, Florida scoring 40 against everyone. No, but you're looking at a more efficient offense than you had before. With Arliss, if, if he can maintain this level of play, and I mean this level of play, I don't mean this level of production. We don't need 100-yard games from the tight end every single week. However, maintaining just that level of play and being a threat there really opens up 12 personnel completely, but especially when you look at what Arliss Boardingham brings to the table as what he's supposed to be. Because again, don't forget, in high school, he was more of a receiver than anything else, and he came into Florida to play tight end. So, so he's kind of had his breakout that way. Now it's about maintaining that. And also for Billy Napier as a play caller to not only maintain this level of involvement, but also evolve, like evolve the level of involvement here from the tight end spot, which we'll talk about in just a minute. But before we talk about that, let me tell you, Prize Fix has been the best way for me to make money playing daily fantasy sports this year. And if you've got skills, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with a few easy taps and research. It's simple and easy to play with quick withdrawals, too. That's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. I had a little 3B hit this week by taking Zay Flowers more than 43 receiving yards, Tua Tungabailoa having more than 275 passing yards, and Cooper Cup having more than 63 receiving yards, which Cooper Cup had a Cooper Cup game, which. Thanks, PrizePix. Appreciate you for that, for giving me that. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix is daily fantasy sports made easy. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is also brought to you by Game Time. And look, the Florida Gators season, there's only a few home games left, okay? And if you want to see how it goes, you know, maybe a win against South Carolina changes that. Maybe a loss changes that. Whatever. Game time's the place where you have the luxury of making that last minute decision. Because game time's the place for last minute ticket deals. The game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag tickets without the stress or without the hassle. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. That's code locked on college for $20 with game time. So download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Please do be sure to join the Lockdown Gators Discord. Links in the description below if you want to do that. That's free and always will be, even with subtext being a part of this now. Subtext is just really another way to get more involved and more supportive. But we're talking about Arlo's board hand. This whole episode is 12 personnel because guess what? Tight end is my favorite position on offense. And we've talked about that a lot. This was the Arlo's boarding hand breakout game. Okay, Arlo's boarding hand had 99 yards. A, a, just a smidge away from 100. But 99 yards, which in the entire country, entire, entire FBS level, 99 yards, fourth most from a tight end this past weekend. Fourth most, okay? That means that he was only behind, guess who? Brock Bowers, 
with 132. David Martin Robinson with 108. Sean Brown with 103. And he was tied with Trent Penix at 99. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. However, I also think it's important to acknowledge that not only was this a breakout game for Arliss Boardingham as a pass catcher, this was a breakout game for Arliss Boardingham as a blocker. Not that he was this world-beating blocking tight end, but this was his best game as a blocker, at least in, in my opinion, this was Arliss Boardingham's best game as a blocker so far with the Gators, but both just, or just overall as a run blocker and pass blocker. He's not really asked to pass block. If I'm not mistaken, he had like maybe two chances where he was pass blocking. Cause he should never be pass blocking. Like let's, let's call it what it is. He should never be pass blocking. Okay. He is a, a pass catching tight end. First and foremost, shouldn't be pass blocking. We acknowledge that. Cool. But as a run blocker, I think this was maybe his best game, which is big because he's had a couple of performances before. You know, like he looked good against Charlotte, but it was Charlotte. He looked good against McNeese, but it was McNeese. But when you look at Tennessee, he looked bad as a run blocker. When you look at Kentucky, he looked borderline unplayable as a run blocker. And then you have this game against Vanderbilt. And I understand, yes, it's Vanderbilt. They're near the bottom of the SEC. This is still a, a power five SEC program that Arliss Boardingham struggled against previously, but he came out against Vanderbilt and he played a good game as a blocker. And he deserves that credit for taking that next step because that also ties into 12 personnel. Because if he can't block, then teams don't have to respect the 12 personnel. They're basically like, okay, this is glorified 11, which again, 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends. 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. First number is running back, second number is tight ends. I would like to see Arliss Boardingham, and by evolve here, I don't mean him personally needing to evolve. I mean that this is what I was talking about earlier when I said this is where Billy Napier has to evolve his involvement with Arliss Boardingham. Mertz has been, Graham Mertz has been all right when pushing the ball downfield. And I mean, all right, because yeah, he's connected on some passes and, and they picked up big yards and he's, he's thrown the ball up for Caleb Douglas to win a jump ball and stuff like that. We've also seen him overshoot someone, lead them too far, whatever you want to say. And again, this is when he's not being pressured because I'm not really faulting him too much for being all pressured. It's been all right. Not great. Having Arliss Boardingham run up the seams could open up this offense even more in, in, in two major ways. One, you now have a vertical threat to run over the middle of the field. Okay? Go, go straight up, challenge safeties if they want to play cover two you now have someone splitting that zone. And if you don't pick it up, huge play. If you do pick it up, you could open up space for some out. But having Arliss Boardingham work more vertically up the, up the seams, it helps Florida because I think that helps Grammar's a lot by not being forced to, and, and I feel like this is kind of an overlooked part here, and I don't think we talked, but like Grammar's doesn't have an awesome arm. We know that. But now when he pushes the ball 30 yards downfield, he's not also having to get it across to the other side of the field at the sidelines. If he's working at the seams, he can just hit the seams and it's in front of him. And, and he could maybe get a little bit more zip on that ball 
deep down over the middle. So you can have someone throwing it 30 yards downfield, not to the sideline. However, Arliss working deep over the middle, like here, here's the other way that helps open up the offense. Arliss boarding him, just being a threat over the middle of the field. Again, I'm not saying you have to force feed him over the middle of the field. I, I, I don't like saying you have to force feed anybody that isn't a, a true number one receiver or a running back. But having Arliss boarding him run over the seams, that could free up receivers running down the sideline on the right side. Okay, that, that could have, let's say you have Arliss boarding him running up the seam. And on the same side, you have, we'll say, healthy Caleb Douglas. And healthy Caleb Douglas is relevant for this part. Healthy Caleb Douglas. If you see too high look beforehand, two safeties, that means that you're probably getting cover two or cover four. If it's cover two and you have Arliss Boardingham running straight up the middle, that's the soft spot, by the way. But also you have the whole shot on the right side because the safety has to make a decision as to who he's going to cover. So you should have someone open deep down the field, especially if it's Caleb Douglas here, which I know right now he's hurt. But when he's healthy, you'll have Caleb Douglas there because if it's cover four and you have Caleb Douglas one-on-one with a corner, you can usually rely on Caleb Douglas to win those jump balls. Okay, if it's cover three, you want to work the team anyway. If it's cover one, go somewhere else. That That's how you stop that completely. But if it's cover zero, you probably have a little bit of a mismatch there, either size-wise or speed-wise, depending on who gets matched up with Arliss. But having him be a threat running vertical opens up this offense even further. And again, remember, so much of just, just football is being a threat. You don't have to be great at something. You just have to threaten to do it. And that's where Arliss can take this next step, getting him involved more up the seams. Because while he did have a fantastic game, like, like just being honest, he had a fantastic game against Vanderbilt. He had seven targets, seven catches, 99, which by the way, he's been targeted 14 times this season. He's caught 13 of them. Okay. The one time he didn't catch it was when it was in triple coverage high and it got picked off. That's it. That's the one incompletion thrown when targeting Arliss Boardingham this year. That's it. Okay. But when you look at what he did against Vanderbilt, a lot of it was just getting the ball to him quickly and letting him run. He had 99 yards. 88 of them came after the catch. Okay. This, this was not, oh, we're going to break him out completely. This was, they're, they're giving us that underneath catch. We're going to give it to Arliss Boardingham, and he's going to make plays afterwards. But now, if you let him be a threat up the seam, you open that up. Because when, with what you're doing offensively is just spreading the ball out more, but still keeping it short. At least Arliss going deep gives you that slant more often, gives you a hitch more often, and, and it opens things up offensively. And then now we're going to look at the other tight end and 12 personnel that that's making this thing go around with Hayden Hansen. But before we do that, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in case of an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication in hand. And Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation 
to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com using promo code Locked On. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day, we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And here's the part about 12 personnel that's not the sexy part, right? Like, like Hayden Hansen's been the other guy. He, he was the one that played the most snaps at tight end with Arliss Boardingham against Vanderbilt. Hayden's been starting since week two against McNeese. And, and there's a reason for it because he's been a, he's been doing a very good job blocking. And I understand He's been virtually non-existent as a pass catcher outside of the touchdown that he had in the red zone, which again, I will, I will continue to say Hayden's like six, six to two fifty something. Let's uh, sorry. I'm, I'm going to pull up right now what he's listed as, because I just, I, I need to just get that number accurately on the Florida Gators website. Hayden is listed as six, six two sixty five. On the depth chart, if I'm not mistaken, he's listed as six six and a half. It's big dude in the red zone. Just just let him box someone out. He's play basketball. Just throw that thing up. Just throw it up. Let him get a rebound. Anyway, I digress. He's been non-existent in the passing game as a pass catcher outside of that touchdown he had against Kentucky. I think he's been about as consistent as you can ask a tight end to be blocking, dating back to Week One this year. Like I, I know I've made the joke that he's a, another offensive tackle. I make the same joke about Cole Komet, okay? But like, yeah, not not a world beater as a pass catcher. Gets the damn job done blocking, though, and he's not afraid to get, get gritty. Like, Hayden's spending 66.3% of his snaps blocking, okay? That's including run block, not 66.3% of his pass blocking. That's at about 28%. The other, run blocking, okay? Hayden has a pass blocking grade higher than every starting offensive lineman except for being barely below Austin Barber. Okay? That's where 12 personnel in college really, really works because the way that Billy Napier wants to do it is in an ideal world, he'll have two guys that he can trust as a pass or, or two guys that you can trust as pass catchers. And I mean, vertical threats there, which will be the case next year with Amir Jackson. I fully expect to see Arliss and Amir Jackson both lining up and just go, okay, guard it then and throw the football with them. But right now, and, and you also have another guy that's like, okay, he's our reliable blocker. He gets the job done and he could be a safety valve underneath. That's, that's Hayden's job. Okay. And with Billy Napier's offense, with, with that 12 personnel style, that's what you're looking for there. Again, you're not going, oh, yeah, we're going to throw. Like, like Hayden's probably never going to have a 100-yard game in his career. And that's fine. Like, he, he acknowledges it all the time on the show. He's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm the big blocking tight end. Like, that's what I'm supposed to do that dirty work and, and be a red zone threat. It's all you need to do. And that's what he's been doing. But, like, that's what helps this 12 personnel game go around. Because you've got to be able to have that versatility with Arliss. That that Arliss opens up. Hayden's been your best blocking tight end. Arliss as the pass catcher is what opens up 12 personnel. And allows you to go, okay, like, like we're going to throw this 
we're going to go basically glorified 11 personnel by having Arliss line up in the slot or out wide like we talked about. I think Hayden as a blocker creates some havoc there as well. Uh, Hayden's pass blocking grade by the way, 77.2. No pressures. He's played four snaps at left tackle, apparently. I'm assuming that's where we go unbalanced, which uh, an unbalanced formation is. I know that we saw Florida come out with it with Wildcat when they would that fourth and one. Um, But unbalanced formation is usually this. It's your tight end. I'm going to put that in. I'm going to put this second letter like lower. It's your center, your right guard, your right tackle, and your left tackle. And then there's your QB under center there. Let's, let's get that going. Yeah. So it's, I'm going to hold this from the top. It's your tight end and then your left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, left tackle is playing the inline tight end spot. Is usually how it goes with unbalanced. Uh, Austin Barber has nine snaps at inline tight end this year because of plays like that. Jonathan Odom also has snaps at left tackle where, of course, that, that was the unbalanced formation. So that kind of stuff that you see. But that's where a 12 personnel really goes around, having someone where it's like, all right, you're a reliable blocker. You're offensive lineman six. Be a safety valve underneath. Check and release, whatever it is to do. Just be a reliable option there. Do your job as a blocker, and that's all we need you to do. And that's what you're looking for from that big blocking tight end. Again, that's a, a red zone threat or should be considered a red zone threat. That's it. That's like that. That's the joy. That's why Hayden's been targeted four times this year. He's got two catches. One of them was for a touchdown. One of them was like two yards for his uh, his first career catch. I, I think it was against Utah, if I'm not mistaken. So stuff like that where that's what that's 12 personnel. Like Arliss makes it. But having them as a duo, like them specifically as a duo, is what's lethal. Like that, them specifically as a duo is what gives you that versatility out of 12 personnel. That's why it's been so damn great. Arliss is now that pass catching threat and, and he's making defenses respect it now. Continue that, evolve that, and you're going to have a hell of a lot more fun watching Florida Gators offense. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow as always. Wednesday, Hayden Hansen will be here tomorrow for Lockdown Gators. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants, Century, NFL 33, and I will see you all tomorrow.